0: I'm R.A. Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W. Today we are joined by the one, the only number seven pick of the 2017 draft, Brittany Sykes. our show please consider joining our patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and get exclusive content and don't forget to see the amazing written work from our staff on windsider.com that's windsider.com this is a fan favorite a mind-blowingly athletic player you already know it's Brittany sykes Brittany, welcome to the show uh, thank
1: you guys for having me
0: so I, I want to dive into your game, and I know Rachel's going to touch on some stuff also. But this is your fourth year, and a lot of fans I've I've mentioned this to, you and they're kind of mind blown because you've cemented yourself in this league. You're well known in this league. How do you feel you've grown over your time in the league? Um, I think
1: I think from looking back at my rookie year to now, um, I can kind of catch the pace of the game way quicker. Uh, I mean, I, I still have my moments where I'm going 100 miles per hour because it's just, I don't know, being naturally athletic, it's like the first thing that comes to your mind whenever you hit the floor to just go 1,000 miles. But um, a couple hits to the floor and, and a couple of OGs along the way taught me to just pace myself. So that's something that I, I, I've witnessed uh, over my years from rookie to now that I've paced I've myself better and I've Picked up the pace of the game better. Like I can dictate it a little bit better.
0: Well, speaking of better, you have a career high field goal percentage. Your assists per game are through the roof. How do you feel that this Sparks roster and style of play have kind of helped you excel your game? Well,
1: honestly, I mean, once I once once I heard about the news about getting traded, I knew that you know good things were to come. You know I mean, I, yeah, I was gonna miss you know being in Atlanta and being city but at the same time I looked at what it, um I looked at what LA had to offer and I knew what I could bring to the team and to see that, you know, coming into fruition now and as we're playing it, it's freaking dope, you know, just to be able to move so freely and have teammates who, you know, have you know, have that type of IQ to where they can see things behind their heads or they know you're going back door and we're learning each other's, you know, um Different, you know, special abilities on the floor, and we're all, you know, exploiting those the way.
0: Just so you know, this is a humble free zone, so feel free to hype yourself up. But I'm curious, ah! kind of, <laughs> <laughs> what what are your long term goals for the W? Like, do you want to be an MVP? Do you want to be a champion? DPOI? Like, what what are your goals? I want all of them. <laughs> I want all. I love of them. it. I want. I, want, I, I, want love, it. I
2: love it. I love it. Want,
1: I want first team. I want MVP. I want I want everything. I want a ring. I want, I want everything. Any, any award that's out there, I want to get it. And and if I don't get it, and you know, and I happen to you know lose to a formidable opponent, then so be it. But I, I'm I'm gonna give every single award a run for their money.
2: That might be one of the best answers we've had yet so far on this show, and I love it. You're you're getting me hyped up over here. But I have a lot of questions. Um, I want to get back to. Um, talking about some of your teammates in LA, but first, I I do have to give a shout out um, to our guy LW. I know I know you're friends with him. Oh man! You know last year, <laughs> you know he he was we were prepping for the show, and and we love to kind of just talk hoops with him. But you know last year your defense was kind of in question, um, and I feel like you kind of maybe took some of that to heart uh, this year. You're out here really embracing that end of the floor in terms of taking charges really picking pockets left and right. What has that done for you? And how has that de- defensive mindset evolved?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely took it, you know, personally. And um, it was one of those things where, you know, I couldn't really look at anybody else and blame them. Um, no matter how information came out, no matter what was spoken about me, I knew that at the end of the day, you know, numbers didn't lie. And a lot of my defensive possessions probably should have been better than what they were. So just coming to this team and, and, you know, we've had talks as a team, you know, especially with the newcomers about what they saw, what they felt when they played against LA, you know, and the one of the things that every time we played LA that I was kind of get frustrated about was because they were so long athletic and, you know, they were handsy. They, they got in the passing lanes and, um, Ever since high school, I knew, you know, that I had the defensive capability to be a two-way player. But it again, it's like looking in the mirror and having that type of talk with yourself, where it's like, okay, are you going to sit down, play defense, and not let your man beat you? You know, it's a it's an effort thing. And once I realized that, you know, and I can't give my effort for everything else and not give it to defense. And you know, once I unlocked that that secret, you know, sauce to to play defense the way I'm, I'm playing. Uh, it's been it's been great ever since because it just trickles into everything else in my game. It makes me run harder. It makes me cut harder. You know, it, it makes me go harder in the game. And then you realize, like, oh, okay, this defense is dictating how we can do our offense. So now we're in control of the game, and, and I'm a strategy person. So if that means locking down my defender for 40 minutes because that will make the game uh, 10% easier, then so be it. <laughs>
2: I, I love what you said. I, I'm, you're taking me back to my college days where my coach was like harping defense and defense fuels the offense. But you know what, it's true, you know, and it really is about buying into that end of the floor. And there's obviously no doubt that you have with this Sparks roster. I mean, when you when you guys are flying around getting deflections, um, you know, getting up and down and allowing that to fuel your offense. I mean, you guys can beat anybody in my opinion. Um, yeah. But I, I want to talk a little bit more about just your game in general. I mean, obviously bringing that defensive energy individually, you know, has been something you've really focused on and, and you're, you're thriving in right now, but you know, what, what have you brought to this team? What do you feel like you bring to the Sparks rock that they didn't have before?
1: Um, I think uh, I, bring, I bring, I'm one of the sparks. I bring I bring an not even I bring another. I'm I'm another addition to you know, to a spark, whether it's off the bench, whether it's in the starting lineup. Um, I bring a lot of energy, uh, on both ends of the floor. Uh I bring another, you know, another mind to the court in the terms of IQ and you know, not only that, but I'm a guard who can like do multiple things. It's 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 great to have a team where you have people who can do multiple things on the floor, so it doesn't really matter where you are on the floor. And then doing that, it allows everything to just open up even more. And a player like me, who can who thrives in transition and thrives in open space, that's that's a kid in a candy store for me because all I see is the basket, and then I get out ask my teammates. So it it's just one of those things where you know. I just I just try to make sure that whatever my my role or my position is in that game or at that time that you know I execute
0: it. Look, you're you're you might be a guard, but you're a guard five with that block that you had on Griner earlier in the season. <laughs> you just gotta say it.
1: <laughs> yeah, blocking's been my thing since high school. I mean,
2: we we had to bring that up. I mean, that was a that was a command block. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Um, I I do want to know, you know, you you talked about earlier in the show about, um, you know, just playing with some of the the talent on this L.A. roster, you know, um, some of the veterans on this team. What have you learned so far in your short time?
1: Man, so, I mean, I could pick any vet and, you know, give you a list of things that I've learned so far. But um, just with with, when I look at Chelsea, you know and how she yeah misdirects you know and just change speed and makes you do things on when you're defending her so she you know, she can get open I've learned those things from her how to pass it CP me and her have talked throughout the game throughout practice of you know little things on how to learn each other NECA has come to me and we've talked about things I think yesterday she you know came to me and, and asked me you know okay when you do this how do you like this so I can go here and Or in the game, I think I turned the ball over in the timeout. She literally came and was like, hey, go on the right side when she goes here. You know, like we were just all, you know, slowly but surely becoming in sync and just knowing where we are on the floor so we can, like I said, I mean, you know, make those passes where we know that they're there. We don't even have to look
0: or turn our heads. Do not forget Windsider Daily Show, a daily recap of all WNBA games, and the website Winsider.com and the Winsider Network, a collection of WNBA podcasts. Don't forget to hit subscribe.
2: One thing I've noticed with this Sparks team that I really enjoy, and maybe is different, is just that the, the energy on this bench, um, the chemistry. Maybe the locker room cohesion, whatever it may be. But, like, if someone makes a play, I got to give it to you guys. Like, like the bench is as hype as anyone else in the league. And you guys are bringing that energy night in and night out. What's the chemistry like on this team? It's
1: amazing. You know, I think we we have a good blend of personalities. You know, not. I don't think we have, like, too many rambunctious type of energies. I think everybody is pretty level-headed. Um, I guess I'm like one of them. I'll give myself up to being like one of the rambunctious ones. But for the most part, everybody's pretty calm. But then when it comes to celebrating success, everybody's on the same page. So, you know, it's whether somebody's jumping up and down or Sid has her thing where she, every time somebody makes a three, she does dance, you know, and everybody, <laughs> you know, has their relationship with each other on the team. So when certain people score, well, in this case, everybody scores, everybody's going to jump up because everybody has some type of connection with each other, you know, whether it's a new one, whether it's the old one. But at the end of the day, everybody is on the same accord of just celebrating success, whether it's on the defensive end, whether it's on the offensive end. And, I mean, credit to Coach T. Coach T is, you know, like a defensive mind master and so she gets fired up about a defense a lot. And that's a lot of, you know, our identity right now, you know, and what's to come is defense. So, you know, when something defensive happens, like a charge, or we get a steal, or we get a stop, or we rotate uh, fully out of a trap situation or a scramble, you know, those are the things that gets us excited because then it leaves the offense and then it looks great. So everybody's going to get excited. Everybody's going to cheer. So that's just, that's just, like the dopest thing about being on the team too
2: well and it certainly helps you know having a, a gym where you've got no fans um you guys yeah. kind of have to rely on each other for, for bringing that energy i mean that's real though you know and, and for a team yeah. that it's fueled on that. You guys are definitely, in my opinion, you're, you're, you've done the best job in the league. Um, but one more question I have. I know Ari is chomping at the bit um, as I'm kind of taking up the time here, but I want to talk about kind of your your training regimen. I mean, you you are so athletic. You you're so dynamic. You're so explosive. What do you do in the off season to prepare your body? Like like how do you how do you work from a training perspective?
1: Do nothing. I'm playing.
2: Um, I'm like, wow. Okay. I need
1: to get on that. Just Do nothing. No. Um, honestly, I mean, obviously with the NBA, a lot of us go overseas. So, you know, that's not really an off season, but I was able to experience, I mean, other than COVID having, you know, those two, you know, three, two, three months of, you know, just being able to be around my family. Uh, I was injured, I think, about two years ago, and I was able to have the whole year off. And um, I basically, I tried to busy my time between family and sports. After having my foot injury, I realized how much time I missed when it comes to basketball. So I try to set up my, my off-season training to where I'm not overkill on my body because my body needs that rest. And I'm not undermining it because I want to have fun and spend time with my family. So I kind of just do maybe, because I go to P3, so Peak Performance Project, and I, I go there probably three days a week, probably Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or just three days out of the week. I try to get at least, like, two pickup sessions or two live sessions, whether it's one-on-one to, you know, five-on-five. Five. And then, you know, I give myself one and a half days. To where the half day is recovery and, you know, like going to treatment or going to my chiropractor. And then just Sunday is just literally a day to do nothing. Uh, You know, I just go to church or, uh, you know, I celebrate and then I just absolutely do nothing. And then just throughout the week, you know, and and my biggest rule in the off season, if I don't, if I don't like feel like it, and I don't want to say that in a bad way, but it's just if my mind is not there, then I won't do it because I think it's a waste of time to go somewhere when you, you know, your mind's not there and you have an attitude towards like, oh, I'm just tired. You know, you're liable to, you know, hurt yourself even more. So just just relax, take that day off, because sometimes your mind might be saying something and your body's saying a whole other thing. So I've just learned that throughout my career, and that's how I really treat my offseason.
0: Well, well, speaking of your career and some injuries, sorry to bring this one up. If your Wikipedia page is correct, you've had two ACL tears. And I'm curious, how did that change your training and kind of your mentality on the game? I know you touched on this a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I was in college. So it was a different type of mindset because I was still trying to get to the league. And I was thinking, oh, man, I got two ACLs. there they're not going to want me. They're going to think I'm injury prone, you know, all these negative things. And um, then I just realized, you know, I, I'm not going to give them nothing to, to you know, doubt me about. And one of the things going into after, you know, post two ACLs, you know, being able to shoot the three consistently and, and not done an open shot. So those two years, I literally listed and shot threes. I, I promise you, especially in my last year going and in, in going into my fifth year, I list and shot three because I realized that I needed to add, you know, being able to shoot that outside shot to my game. I already knew I can get to the mid-range. I already knew I can get to the basket. But after two ACLs, you're not really trying to get hit so soon. So, yeah, <laughs> I just really, really, I really, really worked on my outside game um, in, in that recovery.
0: Well, I got to say, it's kind of mind-blowing for us, the outsiders, to think that you've had those injuries and those recoveries, and yet you're still, as, as I said in one of the uh, the pressers, like, Kwana, in my mind, are the two most athletic players in the league. So it's mind-blowing to think that you went through those trials and tribulations and you're still on the top of your game like that. But I do want to talk a little bit about the offseason um, and overseas. I'm, I'm curious to always pick the mind of a player. When you're going overseas... I know that there's like this double edged sword of you're getting paid a lot of money to go overseas. So it's kind of like your day job your main job and but the W is more competitive, so that's kinda like your your main job. But I'm curious, when you're going overseas, do you focus on an aspect of your game that you want to grow for when you come back to the W or is it just let's enjoy the money in the country?
1: Um well, one, I will say that overseas is just as can um um competitive as does NBA, if not I take, if not more, and I only say more because we're talking about you know the world. We're we're all over the world mm-hmm. playing against phenomenal women. I mean, just thinking about it, and and I was able to go to league last year and to play against these teams, and you've only heard stories about, and then to go to these arenas, it is. It's ridiculous the way they celebrate women's sports overseas you know like the w I, I pray that we get to that stage you know because it is amazing i think everybody should experience that or at least see it watch it hear it you know because it, it is it is dope but um you know with overseas i try to one just adapt you know to my role usually overseas it's more of a you know scoring and. I mean, now, obviously, with the defense, you have the defense to it. But um, overseas, you know, it's, for me, I'd work on, yes, I work on things that I would want to translate into my game when I get back to the state. But at the same time, it's also sharpening those tools that I already have in my pocket. Now, if there's something that, you know, I know my first year overseas, I wanted to uh, work on shooting threes off the dribble. And off the screen um but in doing that yes i have that in my arsenal. but when you get back to the w it's not necessarily oh let me do all these things that i did overseas you still have to adapt mm-hmm. to whatever role you know that you're you're having to play and you know usually overseas the americans are the main people you know what i mean in in the w there's five main people on the court not to say that there's not five main people overseas but the style of play the ball is fed through maybe two or three people you know and the ball moves in the w you have you know more than enough talent on the floor at one time to where you you know move that ball and figure out a role and and get the win at the same time so you know it just it just defers to you know what I hear that. at that moment for me what i what I want to do when I to work on
0: well i I like to ask everybody this give me I, and don't worry you're not gonna like scare anybody off but go ahead and give me a a crazy overseas story if you got one
1: okay I think it was my rookie year uh it was a false alarm on a bomb scare we were in Turkey we were in Ankara and I think I forgot what happened I think they said somebody's like boiler or something had blew up and it was close enough to where we can hear it so our team, you know, I'm with Jasmine Thomas at the time, and we're, like, sitting in a room with two other of our teammates, and we're watching games. And I'm like, did y'all hear that? And then our teammates texting in the in the group chat, and they're like, hey, you know, uh, I think the bomb just went off. Mind you, this is all in Turkish. So we're looking at the phone, <laughs> and <laughs> we're looking at the phone, and I just you know right that, hey, can we get this in English? You know, like, we want to know <laughs> uh, what y'all talking about. So, uh, they're like, yeah, we think it's bomb scare. And, you yeah, know, this is late at night. So, we're like, oh, man, what are we going to do? And then our coach ended up writing us, I think, or our, our manager. He's like, it's okay. It's a false alarm. But um, it was crazy, though, because, you know, we're in a whole other country and this is going on. And and if that wasn't crazy enough, I think once, you know, COVID hit and I think we were, we were like two or three days from not being able to come back into the U.S. because the border, you know, they put that border ban, and um, that was a little nerve wracking because I don't know. At first, I thought I wanted to, you know, stay in Turkey because I'm like, it it seems safer than the U.S. because everything was skyrocketing so fast, and then I was like, oh, nah, if if I'm going to be in the house, I'd rather be in the house (laughs) with my mom, so uh, I need to get back home really fast
0: yeah i hear that I, i've been in a similar situation in israel with uh with a, a bomb threat where i like was like what's what's going on can someone speak english to me so yeah i completely yeah. get what you're saying um but but talking about you i think a lot of players i mean we had that viral video i think it was lw even who made that viral video of you giving your shoes off to that little fan who was just super hyped about it and you're no, known I, for yeah. your giving back and fan engagement like how has it been playing with no fans? I've seen you kind of flex a few times at, like, the camera or where the fans would be, so I'm just curious for you. How is that?
1: Um, you know, it, honestly, it's whatever to me. And I don't mean that in, in, in you know, a nonchalant way because, you know, do you want to have fans of the game? Of course. But the fans aren't there – it still doesn't take away, you know, from the fact that we still got to go out there and play, you know. And, yes, there are some players, including myself, that feeds off that fantasy, that fan energy, that home crowd advantage. That thing is real. It's crazy what how infectious, you know, fans can make the game. And um, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, I wish they were here, but, you know, at the same time, we, I mean, I can speak for our team, we got fans, with the, you know, whoever's on the bench <laughs> at the time. <laughs> so, yeah, our fan section is great. Our fan section is lit. So it doesn't <laughs> even really feel like no fans are there. Obviously, physically, we cannot see people in the crowd caring for us. Um, you know, I, we made a joke about, you know, the NBA. They have the, you know, the fans, you know, the virtual fans. And it's like, man, you know, why didn't we think about that for us, for the W? And then we made a joke and said, Well, maybe not, because we know our family members will probably be up there doing crazy things. So it's probably best that we just keep it the way it is right now.
2: I, I I definitely agree with that. Although there are some personalities out there that would be pretty cool to see uh see up in the stands there, at least from TV. But um oh, sure. Real quick, real quick before we kind of wrap this up with some rapid fire questions from RA. Um I, I know, you know, there's a ton of questions around the the bubble, the wobble however you choose to pick it. What do you do in your spare time? And is it as awkward as we think it is coexisting in the same space with your opponents and the referees?
1: I think it is. Um, I think it is. I think it It was at first, it was really awkward to see the referees at the pool. I, I just I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> I think it was very awkward to uh, see the rest at the pool, but to walk past into so walk past everybody. You gotta think, people have been in this in this league for years. So everybody has developed their relationships, whether it's a league, whether it's overseas teammates or opponents, everybody has crossed paths for everybody once or twice. So, um, you know, personally it's not that awkward for me or what I've seen. Everybody's, you know, pretty cordial for the most part. Um, you know, it's I guess yeah, it's yeah, it's not really that awkward, you know. It doesn't get tiring. Yeah, because you know, especially if somebody just dropped thirty points and you I don't really know if I want to walk past you so fast, you know, to go get tested. But you know, everything is cool over here and for me what I do in my spare time, I just play Call of Duty. I play Call of Duty, I talk to my little brother on the phone and um, you know, I just I cook a lot. <laughs> so that's what You're I do up. in my spare time. You're, you're a gamer, huh? Yeah, I'm a gamer for Call of Duty, though. Like, I'm a Call of Duty gamer.
0: Only that. Well, I, I heard a rumor that players were consistently holding doors open for the refs and getting them towels at the pool and just, you know, <laughs> give them a little nudge, nudge, wink, wink, give me the call. Um,
2: so oh, no, no shade.
0: You know? Don't don't knock the hustle. I got a few rapid-fire questions for you. Um, first thing that comes to your mind I'm gonna put you in the hot seat here, starting off with who is your favorite artist? Music or art, any any form of art. Who's your favorite artist?
1: Oh man, that's so hard. Oh man, okay. Come to mind. Uh great.
0: You're not the first to say that. Most underrated part of your game.
1: Oh man, my mid post game.
0: Okay, I like that. Who is the hardest player to defend in the W? Uh
1: I haven't I haven't I haven't guarded uh, a few people yet but so far um I'd have to give it to I have to give it to it'd have to be a fighting a fighting line between DT and I'd have to say Kelsey Mitchell because she's so fast and so crafty and then DT I mean moment I had to guard yesterday and I think four out of my five thousand were on her whether they were fouls or not is just, you know, <laughs> the respect the respect level, you know what I'm saying? Of who she is. It's like, um, come on. She gets know. that and
0: she's not holding doors open. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, you've been cooking, what has been your favorite wobble meal so far?
1: <laughs> I've gotta be honest. Um I've cooked a lot of first time like I I've, I've cooked some meals for the first time out here and thankful for the bellies that have been, you know, my, uh, my testing subject (laughs) for my meals, but, um, (laughs) yeah, no, they've been, they've come out great. I've, I've, I've done, uh, shrimp caponara. I've done, um, shrimp fettuccine Alfredo. That's a, that's a Villa favorite. That's a, that's a Villa favorite right there. Everybody loves the homemade Alfredo sauce.
0: And I'm sure NECA's
1: happy um, that she doesn't have to cook a little. No, nah, but no, NECA is like all the way across campus, so she has like her chef village over there, and I have mine over here. We have, we have, we have a lot of chef talk though, and I can appreciate a lot. We have, we have a chef dope. talk. Anytime I see her, i be like, hey chef, like, I have a question for you, and then you know we'll just we'll just we'll just talk in in cooking terms, and everybody's looking back and forth at us like, are they really over here talking and cooking? Yes, we are talking <laughs> and cooking. Yay, okay, we are talking and cooking.
0: Well, speaking of that, who's the funniest teammate you got?
1: Man, that's hard. I got,
0: I got to put you on the hot seat.
1: That's hard, ah, oh, man. Sid, I mean, honestly, they said that we, if <laughs> if you swapped us, we would be the same person. So I, now I say that Sid is the salt, my pepper, because <laughs> we're the same person <laughs> in different bodies. So that's and the thing about it is everybody on the team is funny because they're dead serious. And that's what I find humorous. I find people who are dead serious hilarious because it's your true self. It's your true authentic feeling. And Nobody can take that from you. So, it's, you know, it's cool to see. All
0: right. And the tough last question, how do you win a ring this year? How do I what? Win a ring championship. Bring it home.
1: How do I win a ring this year? I think, well, it's not even I. You know, how
0: do we win a ring this year? All right. You you didn't fall for the trick.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah, man. It's, it's, It's a we thing. You know, I think we can win a ring if we continue to impose our will on other teams on both ends of the floor, especially the defensive end. If we can night in and night out lock in on that defensive end the way we've been doing these past couple of games and and i mean you know it's a win streak so you know and defense has a lot to do with it because it was able to dictate our offense so if we can do that i guarantee you we can we can compete with the best of them in this league and and we can defend and win a ring this year if we do that
0: love it well thank you so much for joining us on the show and go get back to cooking
1: Ah, thank you so much. I'm actually going to make it <laughs> breakfast now.
0: <laughs> all right. You have a great rest of your day and uh, great luck for the, best of the rest of the season. Thank you so much. Remember, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Windsider. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Instagram, and all of our different podcasts that we have on various forms of podcast apps. See you again next time.